ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Hey. Sheldon Creed, 2020 NASCAR truck champion, um, now driving an Xfinity car. How are you, Sheldon? And welcome to ATV Talk. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, brother, it's my pleasure. You know, it's always an honor to to have one of the young guys, and which you're not such a young guy now, uh, on to sit and talk with that I um, got to be a part of your career. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun looking back at uh, the trophy cart days. And, and I often think about it just cause, uh, my little cousin still racing and I have a lot of friends that, that still race in that world. So, um, yeah, good memories. Well, yeah. And I think it was great training for what you do now. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, really Haley Deegan and I are the only ones right now or at this time, uh, or I guess Zane and, and Riley a little bit, but Haley and I were really the ones that raced it the most that are racing asphalt and, and in the NASCAR series now. So uh, a lot different than your, your average kid that grew up racing late models or uh, dirt sprint cars or something. Do you still do any uh, roundy round stuff in the dirt car? Yeah, I have a, like a little micro sprint now. Uh, so it runs a 600 street bike motor. <laughs> Um, kind of the same thing as a Chevy car. You can run whatever manufacturer, Yamaha, Cowie, Suzuki. Um, even some people run Hondas. I run the, I run the Yamaha. Um, and we run those at Millbridge, which is about 20, 30 minutes from, uh, where I live. Uh, and they're in North Carolina. So they run Wednesday nights, which is perfect for our schedule. Cause we're always gone during the weekends. Uh, so we run midweek there and, and that's actually a lot of fun. Um, been getting beat by a lot of kids, but that's uh, a lot of fun doing it. That's awesome that, that you get to do that. Last time we talked, you were in the middle of the 2021 uh, truck season and you were fighting for a spot uh, in the final grouping. Um, how did that all end up for you? Because I mean, maybe I'm bad with 
research, but I couldn't find out what exact position you finished last year. Yeah, well, I technically ended up fifth in points, but uh, I was I was in an okay shape leading into the playoffs. I wasn't like in, in the shape I was in the 2020 season. Um, but, but then I fired off the playoffs with two back-to-back wins um, and then led... <laughs> Bristol was our third round in the playoffs and I led like 194 of 200 laps. Uh, got a caution at the end. Went back green with like six to go uh, and just got headed up the racetrack and, and the guy gave me a left rear flat, which he was in a must win situation. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a bummer. He just kind of roughed me up and, uh, didn't finish good. So then it hurt our starting position for the next week. And then I got caught up in a wreck and then that really set us back pretty bad. Uh, I went to the Talladega and you really don't know what's going to happen at your speedways. So I just kind of went there and then got stage points, actually won a stage and then got wrecked on the last lap, but was able to finish. Um, and then that set us up. So I was fourth in points going into Martinsville, which is our cutoff race. So you have to be top four in points after Martinsville, or you can win your way in is the way it works. So I was fourth right behind Matt Crafton and uh, outran him all day. I think I ran second stage one, third in stage two. So I got really good stage points. Um, and then the last stage I was out running them because <laughs> at that point, I think I was even on points with them. So then it was that whoever beat who would have finished third in points or would have went into the last round in third. But then you were safe if someone won, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You can like not be in the top four and win your way in. Uh, and then whoever's fourth in points gets bumped. Right. So I was, I was setting myself up to be third in points just to like have a, a little barrier. And, uh, yeah, on one of the restarts, he just drove into the guy that was next to me, um, and like sent me up the racetrack and like three more trucks just pretty much put me in the wall. Um, and then it was just like caution after caution after that. Well, we pitted, got tires. I went like 23rd, uh, ninth in a lap and a half at Martinsville, which is like, I don't know if you were seeing Martinsville, but it's just, they call it the paper clip, right? It's just flat, long straightaways, really tight corners. And, uh, and I was fourth in points, but Zane Smith won. So it bumped me. Yeah. So yeah, that one was, that one was frustrating. So then like you're thinking back, you're like, well, we would have won Bristol. That's five bonus points. If we would have won that would have been in or if you didn't crash in Vegas would have been easily in, right? That's only four positions. So yeah, it was a tough, tough one to swallow. And then of course we go to Phoenix and Crafton runs like 12th all day, like wasn't even in the, in the picture. And, uh, we outran all the playoff guys all day. So could have gone back to back, but, uh, yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Well, in most sports, you know, when, when your competitors do things that you feel are uh, not exactly ethical, um, how do you guys handle it? I mean, is there any harsh words? You guys shake hands or you just don't talk to each other? No, I, when I got out of the truck, I went up to him. Um, 
and shared my displeasure with him. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and he kind of argued back a little bit. Um, but at that point, like he had something to lose. I didn't, right? I'm out. It doesn't matter to me. I don't, if I don't have a shot at winning the championship, I don't care if I'm fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. I, I don't care after that, right? So, um, yeah, we first losing, right? Yeah, like we kind of went back and forth, um, which was funny. Uh, and then his dad actually like got into it with me at the end, which at that point I was, it was over it, right? Like nothing I could do. Um, and then he came in and found me a few different times at the track before we left. And then even called me that week a couple of times just to like apologize and like, just didn't want me coming after him in Phoenix, which I never seen him all day anyway. So, um, I mean, we're fine now, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with him at the time. Yeah. I can see that every once in a while you see on TV that the, the guys get a little aggressive with each other, you know? So I just wondered how, how the younger crowd handles it because I know as we get a little older, we have no problem throwing down. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, I think it could have got to that point, but I think Matt and I, we still have a lot of respect for each other. So, yeah, we just, I shared my displeasure with them, and and he tried explaining himself. Did he uh, graduate to the Xfinity series like you? No, Crafton's been in the Truck series since the nineties, late nineties, <laughs> early two thousands. He's, he's a lifer. <laughs> um, are you going to ever go back and drive a truck? Um, gosh, not that I would like to run stuff this year, but, um, or even in the future, I don't have a problem going back, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That's not like the goal right now. The goal is to is to move up. So uh, putting a lot of focus on Xfinity, and then I uh, would love to go Cup racing one day. But um, yeah, I would love to to run truck races like on the same weekends that Xfinity races are. But uh, yeah, that just kind of takes opportunities with with team owners and um, and sponsors. So does the transition from the truck? to the Xfinity car, is there any similarities? Uh, honestly, no, not really. They, I mean, they're, they're both asphalt race cars, right? we race on the same tracks, but, um, yeah, they don't, the truck's kind of its own thing, honestly. Like it's, it's a little bit longer and it's taller and it has a ton of downforce, uh, where the cars don't make all that downforce. So how big of a transition was it for you to, to go from the truck to the car? Uh, at first it was really big cause I raced an Xfinity car at Phoenix, uh, the end of last year while I was racing the truck still and going right from the truck, which I was super comfortable in to the Xfinity car was, was really hard at first. I was just kind of like out of the box and just kind of lost um, and then run Daytona a couple weeks ago. And then we raced Fontana last weekend. And then I think not having laps in the truck and just focusing on the Xfinity car helped me a lot. Um, and yeah, by the end of last weekend, I was really comfortable and it was kind of frustrating. Like we, 
we were okay at the beginning of runs. Like we were a 15th place car or the probably first 10 or 15 laps of a run. And then I'd be a top five car after lap 20. So like it was trying to fight off everyone I could at the beginning of runs. So I'd be around like pretty much eight to 15th is where I ran all day, which is frustrating in my mind, just in general. Like I hate running that far back. Um, and I was slipping and sliding around and it would just take so long for like the tires and the car and like just the balance to come around. Um, and then once it would come around, the car was really fast, but then you're like so far back and you're, you're behind cars. So then you're not getting the clean air. So then it just makes the whole day really long, I guess. Um, but I got a lot of confidence out of it. Cause I think we were, I was looking at like time splits and everything. And I think our stage one pace was like 18th quick. Then we were 14th quick in stage two. And then we were a third place uh, car in, in stage three. So uh, we have a lot of speed. Just need to get it all, all figured out, which Jeff and I, my crew chief, um, coming from the trucks together and then now this together, we're just, we just need to, a few weeks to, you know, find the balance that I like in the race car and, and, what changes I like that he, he's going to do to the car. So, um, yeah, it's just going to take some time and, and honestly probably got to throw away a, a few weeks, uh, which is kind of frustrating and it's, and it's hard to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of what it's come to with NASCAR going to 20 minute practices and it's just throwing you right into things. It's, uh, yeah, it's not very easy on the new guys. <laughs> because you don't have history on the track with a, with a setup. Correct. Yeah. You're just trying to get used to the track and, and get familiar with the car. Um, yeah. Well, trying to tell them what it's going to do, but, uh, it's really hard with 20 minutes, you know? Right. Right. The tires are just starting to get good and then you're done. Right. Yeah, well, normally our our tire, the car is going to go as fast as it's going to go in the first two or three laps. Normally, depending on where we're, uh, where we are, sometimes lap one's the fastest it'll go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, last weekend, like I think everyone else would just fall off, or like I wouldn't fall off as bad, and then I'd become really fast. But uh, yeah, like Vegas is a lot higher grip, so the fall off won't be. <laughs> won't be as much as we did last weekend. And how much does your chassis set up? I mean, do they know what setup they're going to run going into each track? So the car's already got a, a baseline setup going into that track. Yeah. I mean, it changes. Um, after last weekend, it changed for this weekend a little bit just because we were so loose last weekend and on top of the racetrack, uh, this weekend we're, kind of going back to the basics and just trying to, to rebaseline. Um, yeah. So just trying to, to get a baseline on the cars and then we'll go from here. That'll, this will probably set, um, kind of our next probably three weekends, how they go. Um, and then once you find something that works and, and it's really fast, you kind of stick with that and then just make minor changes. So did you wreck in the last race? I did. I did. How bad does it damage the car? Um, you know what? I don't, I don't know if I got the front clip or not, but 
it wasn't terrible. I, I was running the top, um, and I was getting ready to go around this guy. Like I got to where I was like to his door, but I was on the outside and he was coming off the bottom and just really never stopped coming up, like pinched me into the wall. Uh, and then like turned himself into the wall really. Um, so I like checked up and I went to get back going and then like he like was stopping and I ran back into the back of him. Um, so then that like pushed the nose up and got the radiator and a couple little things, but like suspension wise, it, it might've like bent the upper arm a little bit and it maybe pushed the clip over a little bit They're They're not super strong, right? They're made to take hits. So, um, you can only hit them so hard, but other than that, I mean, really probably a new right side body, a new hood and, and go through the suspension. It's, it's ready to go again. It wasn't. It wasn't like a big hit. Do they have a jig that they put the frames back in or do they just junk them and put a new one on there? No. Yeah. If it's just, uh, if it's just like barely bent over, they'll just put them back in a, on the chassis table and just put a new front clip on them. Wow. They run pretty much anything. As long as you don't kill the center section of the car, if you bend the center section, then that's when they throw them away. <laughs> have you done that yet yeah i did it to a brand new one last year oh wow it uh it actually hurt actually that was big so when when you come back into the pits what do they say well we were trying to finish um and we would have but i lost oil pressure because when i got the radiator the oil tank sits right behind them um and it just punctured the oil cooler so if that wouldn't happen we would have finished and when you were in daytona uh you did pretty well there right yeah we were on six we were just there all day just quiet like kind of an uninventful sixth place didn't get any wrecks and and kind of played it safe all day just to finish there's good right especially to start the season strong and then last weekend just it was just a, a long, tough day for us, but inside 20 to go, we were running seven, um, and had good speed, but I just could not take off on restarts. Like I, I had to have it go green for a long time. Uh, and when it did, and I would just struggle really bad on the, on the short run. So I'd get eaten up on restarts and, and we had like four at the end and just kept setting me back further and further. It just couldn't get enough heat in the tires to get it to work. Is that what, what the problem was? I don't know. I just, I would just slip and slide. I just didn't have the grip like when we were all close and I don't just on top of the racetrack. But then like when everyone would settle in, you know, 10, 15, 20 laps later, then I was really fast, which is usually, it's weird because usually, usually really good on the short run and on restarts. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was probably a little bit of me too, getting used to the new car, but, um, yeah, I think there's, there's room for improvements too with the car. How much horsepower does that hand? Can it light the tires up even when you're going down the straightaway? Uh, like late in the runs, maybe depending on where you're at, they make like six seventy. um, but it's like, so the truck made like 750, 
the Xfinity car makes less, but you have way less downforce, and the Xfinity car revs out to like 9,000 RPM, where the truck revved out to like 70, I think 7,400 to 75 was the chip. Um, so the Xfinity car feels way faster and like you have to like modulate the power where the truck was just like wide open pretty much. So like if you had a short track, that's super abrasive, um, like Richmond, like you don't get wide open at all on the end of runs, like down the straightaway, but all the big tracks, like you're just, you're carrying so much speed and you have more downforce with more speed, right? So uh, a lot more grip. But like on restarts and stuff on old tires, like you can whenever you want. Is it is it is it scary at all going that fast? No, because the tracks are so big, right? You don't really feel like you're going that fast until until you hit something. <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't want to figure it out like that. Yeah, no, I don't feel like it's. Uh, uh, yeah, I've never been scared of, of it, but I'm sure some people would be. I don't know. So you, you see the the ESPN shot where it, it's a it's a it's they're looking as the cars are coming at them. You have the long line of of two cars, you know the the dual rows, and everybody's moving around a little bit. What's it like being at the back or the middle of that line? Oh, scary! <laughs> <laughs> That's the scary part. Yeah, you're just you don't know what they're gonna do, and you're watching them move around a lot, and yeah, you're you're trying to find a hole usually to get clean air because you want you want like no car in front of you. That's when you get the most downforce on yours, right? So you're trying to look for that and trying to avoid wrecks if those are gonna happen while trying to move forward while trusting the people around you. Um, so yeah, just a lot going on at once. And your spotters <laughs> at the same time, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're telling you what's going on in your blind spots and behind you usually. Do you have a rear view mirror? I mean, do you see a lot in your rear view or do you only try to look forward? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're watching your rear view a lot. Um you can see pretty good, like straight back and to the right, but there's a, like a really bad blind spot to the left, like behind that like B pillar behind you. There's a really bad blind spot there, and there's a really bad blind spot like when you're looking out in front of you to the left. Um, it's just like a, and it's not like a little blind spot, like it's it's big. I feel like, uh, and and just used to that more with the car or the truck, you could see everything where the car you it's the cabs a lot smaller and tighter so you can't see as much um so yeah just kind of getting used to that and and trying to get used to like how far they are behind you or or where they're at you know like you can kind of clear yourself sometimes but other times you don't know how close they are uh when you're just looking in a mirror you know so um yeah just getting used to that and and trusting your spotter really and how long have you worked with your spotter for a long time? Uh, no, I actually just switched this year. So I had Derek Nealon for the last three years. Um, and then this is my first year with a guy named Brandon Banesh. And and has he done it before or is, is he new or is he a veteran? Yeah, no, he's been around. Uh, he actually spots for Austin Dillon in the Cup Series. Oh, wow. Um, 
And then previous to me, he spotted for Brett Moffitt and uh, Xfinity and Trucks, uh, which Brett's actually one of like my best friends out here. So um, they have like non-competes. Um, and since he does the RCR Cup car, he had to do one of the RCR Xfinity cars. So I ended up getting them. And you guys get along pretty well so far? Yeah, no, it's great. That's to get a, to get a seasoned guy. I mean, if he's working with Austin Dillon, he's got to be pretty good. Yeah, no, yeah, he is. So let me ask you this, the fanboy moment. You, you, you've been a, a racer your whole life and you've watched NASCAR on TV. Now you get to walk around in the garage and race against some of your childhood heroes. What's that like? Uh, I mean, it's always cool, right? But I don't, I don't really think a whole lot of it. Like I don't look at myself like that. So I don't, I guess I don't put them on a pedestal as well. Right. Right. Maybe more when I wasn't racing, but yeah, I mean, we're around most of them. They're all normal guys that we all just love racing at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I think it's different from being a fan to, to racing against them. You know, it's, you're around them every weekend. So, uh, you get to know a lot of them, uh, just as normal people. Is it, does everybody get along or are there just places that, that you just don't go because certain people are off limits? Yeah. I mean, there's friendly ones and, and there's not, I, I don't know. I consider myself more easy to talk to and I'll pretty much talk to anyone. Um, kind of how I've always been. I think it's how off-road was too. So I've always been used to that. And and I feel like a lot of the younger generations like that, where we all kind of hang out away from the track, uh, where the older generation all hate each other. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few older guys that you can go to and, and you know you're going to get a conversation. And then there's the other ones that just look the other way when you walk by. Uh, yeah, because well, what they're what the reason they're looking away from you is because you're the guy that's going to take their job. Yeah, I don't. I finally got a, a what's up from Kyle Busch, and that's been like four years in the making. So <laughs> that's that pretty funny. Uh, so you've never got to talk to him? No, not really. I yeah, no. He's not one of my favorites, anyways. So it's okay. I like Kyle actually. I appreciate him. Well, he's a he's a tough driver. I mean, he's he's always trying to win. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah, I think I looked at him differently until I started racing, and I, then I totally understood. I'm like, I get it now. Like it's just <laughs> frustrating. What's the most frustrating part about it? Probably that it's not in your control, right? Like you can do a lot to make the car better. <laughs> But gosh, when it's not right, it's just a long day and it takes, <laughs> takes a long time. And it's not just a, a one man deal. Right. I think that's where the frustration comes out of because everyone looks at Kyle, right? Like he's one of the best, best drivers in our sport. They're like, why isn't he winning? Right. So then he gets that pressure put on him. Right. When it's not, it's maybe not him, you know, it's could be the car or the pit crew could, you know, lose them five spots on pit road and, and those spots aren't easy to pick back up on the racetrack. So, uh, 
I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And I feel like that's where it comes from, from me, right? Like I was running in the truck. Now I'm expected to win in the Xfinity car. So I get frustrated when the car is not driving how I want it to. Um, and then it just, some days you, you don't have a good car and like your day goes really good actually for the car you have and you like outperform it. And then other days you'll have a good one and do the opposite or you'll get the bad car and have a bad day. And like those days are just, they're just snowballs <laughs> and, and get extremely frustrating. And, and it's, you try to stay positive, but yeah, some of those days you're just ready to go home. <laughs> so let me ask you this. People look at a race car driver as being able to make the car work on a different line or a different way, a different entry into the turn or exit because you have skills and you have driving skills. So you can compensate for loose or tight in how you drive the car. So I come from the ATV world where sometimes the suspension might not be right or we pick the wrong gearing. And a lot of riders can overcome the deficiency by changing the way they ride the machine. So is changing the way you drive the car have any effect on anything like that? Or or is it so critical that your setup be closer to on than than it is in the dirt? I mean, yeah, you totally can. You can do a lot behind the wheel to to change that. But gosh, the top 10 is so good right now. And like in every series, I'd say cup right now, the top 20, 20 plus are really good. But I'd say trucks and Xfinity, it's the top 10 that are really, really good. Um, so when you are that little bit off, like you just, you pay for it all day. And then when you are on, you're, you're really fast all day. So, um, I mean, our sport does circles, you know, one guy's really fast for a couple weeks in a row and then they miss the setup and, and you'll have a new guy that's been running temp the last three weeks go and, and have a shot at winning. So you just, you just are hoping that you guys nailed your setup when you, when you get there, right? Yeah, just yeah, it's so close nowadays. I mean, we're talking about half a tenth of a second, two tenths, one like it's just you know, if you're two tenths off, like you're just you know, you're not gonna be leading the race, you know. <laughs> In the old days they used to change uh things during the race, uh with wedge and, and stuff like that. Do they still do a lot of that stuff? Yeah, we do all that wedge. Um track bar is big. You can even, you know, raise or, or lower the car. Not a lot. Cause we have so much, so many rules and you have to like roll back across height sticks at the end of the race. So you can't like go do it a bunch. Um, you can shove rubbers in the springs to try to stiffen the springs or, or pull rubbers out and soften them. Um, so there's a lot of that going on and, um, tires, Tires are big, tired pressures, and then you can you can play with you know staggers a little bit. Each each set of tires is not going to have the same stagger. So if you're if you're tight, you're trying to save your tires with the most stagger for your last stop, and then uh, if you're free, you're trying to like take stagger away or swap sets up. So there, there's a lot going on there for mid race setup stuff. So your guys, your pit guys. Did they work on the cup cars as well? 
Uh, no, mine do not. Well, my pit crew that like changes the wheels and tires, yeah. Yeah. But like my guys that work on my car only work on on our cars. So when you're going to the pits, you have a pit crew that's that you've worked with all the time. Uh, yeah, I actually got a new pit crew this year just because different team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but same same uh, group of guys or team that I had last year, but the guy it's a different group of guys. But it came from the same team, if that makes sense. Okay, that's 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 kind of what I was getting at. I mean, I just. And you get, do you get to practice with those guys on pit stops or anything like that? Yeah, I'll go in there every now and then and just go hang out with them and, and do a couple of runs with them. Um, but normally they just, they have someone driving the car for them. But every now and then, yeah, I'll go down there and um, just try to get them pumped up. And, and we all get along good. We're all, we're all buddies. So, uh, yeah. Do you ever go work on the car? And learn about how the how the mechanics on the car are. Sometimes um, I went a couple of times last year. I haven't really gone a bunch this year, but I spend a lot of time up there at the shop. It's about an hour from where I live, so um, between the Josh Wise program and and everything we have going on there, and and our simulation stuff, um, to making it up to the shop for meetings and all that, I, I try to make it up there probably twice a week. Um, yeah, and I haven't worked on these cars yet, but I'm sure I'm sure I'll, I'll get the opportunity. Last year, um, we wrecked one somewhere, and I remember getting on the plane. My crew chief, he was sitting next to me, I think, and he was like, "So uh, I'll see you at the shop 7 a.m. Monday morning." It's like, oh, all right, I, I deserve that one. <laughs> was it your fault that you wrecked the car? <laughs> no, but I just drove right into it. Um, they were wrecking in front of me and I just drove right into it pretty much. Wow. A lot of damage, huh? Yeah. That's, that was the brand new one that we destroyed in like 50 laps. Oh, wow. That, are they as complicated as most people think, or are they relatively, uh, easy to work on? No, they're super basic. Well, the new cup car is pretty pretty complicated but the the xfinity car and truck it's have you ever climbed under like a, a 1960s model c10 like no <laughs> i don't want a car mechanic dude <laughs> no offense that's, that's what it is that's what they're built off of really like they have truck arms that that come from the center of the car out to the rear axle and they run u bolts that's what holds the axle to them and um they're just super super basic and that's how they were built years ago and and they never really got away from that obviously engineering and and technologies brought it super far so we like know how to move everything to get the most out of them um but the new cup car is is extremely complicated looking it's uh it's just compact and and tight to work on where the the old car has been around for 50 years so they're just easy to work on they've been building them for forever so uh, everyone knows how to do it (laughs) where the yeah the new car i think is kind of 
um, a learning experience for all the guys. That's great. You got to you got to keep everybody learning because that's what it's all about. If you're not learning, you're going backwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the new car is cool. I think it just give it. I think give it a year or two, and I think it's going to be a really cool race car. It's going to take some time to develop it a little bit. So, who is your exact sponsor? So this year, my primary is Wheelin Manufacturing. So they're um, pretty much any like cop car fire truck, all that, like the lights you see are all wheeling lights. Um, most airplanes in the sky, most of them are wheeling. Like if they flash, it's wheeling light. Um, they make some just around the house things, but that's not like their main deal. It's mostly, mostly anything, cop car, fire truck, emergency vehicle related. Um, yeah, planes. Planes is, is probably the smaller side. I think most of it's emergency vehicles is probably their big side of it. Right. Um, but no, they like sirens. Uh, I think they make like, um, like when a cop like yells in the little deal, tell you to pull over, like right. all that. Um, but they've honestly been really fun, really, really fun. They've, they come to all the races and, uh, they have this golf cart that's like a six seater golf cart that's all like decked out and like wheeling lights and like sirens. And I actually was messing around. that they're they're into it and they're part of it so um, lost you it you were messing around it froze oh can you hear me now i can hear you fine now but right Uh, when you started telling me the story about messing around on the golf cart oh okay we uh (laughs) we were messing around the golf cart and uh yeah we we got this guy to pull over he was in the golf cart in front of us just a random guy and I flipped the sirens on and like had the lights going and like got him to pull over. But we weren't like, we were just messing around. But he thought we were serious. Like he thought we were. Gonna write him, a, write him a ticket for driving his golf oh, cart. Oh yeah. We thought he was in trouble and like we couldn't stop laughing. Um, but other than that, like the wheeling people have been awesome. They, they go to all the races. They bring customers to all the races, which is pretty fun actually. And, and get to meet a bunch of new people while they're, I think last week we had a, we had a cop, uh, we had a fireman and we had, and they bring their families too. And then we had a guy that's like an installation guy, like an installer of their lights. Um, so it's cool for them. And, and it, I don't know, it creates, uh, you know, business opportunities for them being a part of our, our racing deal. So it's pretty cool. And then, uh, the main people that come, they're like super into it. And, and it makes it funner for me, right? Like if you have a sponsor that doesn't really care, then, you know, it, it's just, it makes it funner and a lot easier for me when, when they care and, and they want to be there every week. So yeah, they're Wheelan's the main one this year. Um, everything's American made, which is cool too. You don't really have companies like that a whole lot anymore. I feel like. No, no, no. Here. So when are they going to put the loudspeaker 
and the lights on the car so that you can get everybody else to pull over. I don't know. We'll to, maybe we'll have to win one first and then don't allow me that. But um, yeah, no, it's the car is cool. And, and I think we're going to have their, uh, their aerospace company on a few times this year. Um, I think it's like WAT. So it's like black and yellow. Um, so I'm excited to see what those cars look like. And then trench shoring. Um, they're out of California. They're just like two hours north of San Diego. Um, they're super into racing and, and kind of have been a part of my racing since the off-road days. Um, so they're like all like the <laughs> plates over the road when you have trenches, construction work going on. They're the big metal plates. They're like across the road. And then also like shoring and trenches. Um, so, yeah, so they, they've been a part of it for a long time. Um, and those are honestly like the, the main two that keep it going. And then there's a bunch of RCR sponsors that are on there. Lucas Oil, one of them. They have just a bunch of, uh, bunch of little sponsors that help out. That's pretty cool that you, that you get to experience that and have a good time with it. I wanted to ask you this question. This is, it doesn't really mean anything in the big deal, but you were number two in the truck and now you're number two in the Xfinity car. Do you have to buy that number or it, do, do you just get it assigned to you? How does that work? Um, no. So the teams actually own the numbers. Uh, that sounds funny. I know, but uh, yeah, GMS had, number two when I was going over there and I was actually going to be 28, I think. Um, and then I asked to stay two just cause I liked it. And, and I was actually two as a kid when I first started racing trophy cards. Um, so I ran two there and then yeah, the RCR Xfinity car has always been two or 21 or three. So, uh, yeah, I got to stay two. I actually wanted to be 31 because the old wheeling car, from back in the day was 31. Um, so we went number two. Well, that's pretty cool that you got to stay the same number. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Man, I, had to, uh, I had to go race a Penske cup car now to stay number two in cup. <laughs> <laughs> you never know that that could happen, right? Yeah, definitely could happen. I mean, those guys move around quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, you have your, yeah. There's a couple that bounce around, but, uh, the good ones usually, usually stay where they're at. Yeah. Because they build long-term relationships with the owners and the owners want to keep them around because they work hand in hand with one another. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel with RCR too. Like, I feel like I could spend my whole career there. That's awesome that you found that you found a home, you know, just don't do anything stupid. You know, <laughs> exactly. What is, what does your grandpa say? He's just happy. He works all the time still. I don't think he'll ever stop working. He always says when you, when you stop working, that's when you get sick and die. I guess that's his, his motto. Um, but yeah, he, he loves working and, and, he pretty much goes to every race. Like that's his escape, I think from the office. Um, and then my, my two little cousins, I don't, you remember Bronson and Braden Sheramonte. They come by every once in a while. Yeah, they still race. Uh, and then my sister has three boys coming up, which 
none of them race, but they've always got something going on. So between myself and my little cousins, my grandpa's pretty much at a racetrack every weekend. Do you think that your cousins are headed the same path that you ran? Uh, I think the older one, Bronson, I don't really know. He really likes desert racing. Uh, they're getting him into UTV desert racing. So I think for him, it's more of a fun and, and just enjoyable sport. And then Braden, um, he just turned 15. He, uh, I think he, he'll take it somewhere right now. He's, he's getting into, you know, roundy round dirt racing. So he's running, uh, 600 micros. He's running 1000 lightning sprints. And then they're getting him into a midget and, and maybe even, um, 360 spring cars. So I don't know. I think he'll definitely take it somewhere, whether it's like full-time dirt racing and, you know, race all around the country or, or if he ends up going asphalt racing and, and does whatever, I don't, you know, he's still 15. So he's got time to decide what he wants to do. Did you, did you see asphalt as your future when you were driving and racing in the dirt? Yeah, I think I saw it to be a lot easier than it, than it has been. I think <clears throat> I always wanted to do it or at least try it. Um, and it was pretty hard to me at first. I wasn't, not that I wasn't great at it, but I just didn't know how to do it efficiently. Right. It's just, I used up a lot of tire doing it and I was only fast for, you know, a handful of laps. So it took me a lot, long time to get that down and, and just kind of learn how the cars drove. Um, and then growing up, you know, you always look at it like, uh, you know, if I win, you know, I'll, I'll get picked up. Right. And, and you're always told that, Hey, if you go here and, and you win, then, then someone will come grab you and take you to the next step. And if you win there, then, then it happens. So, um, yeah, it's been tough. Won an ARCA, won the championship there, won trucks, won the championship there. Now Xfinity. Um, yeah. And, and, and I've had good, good race cars and, and all three now just, um, yeah, still waiting for that full time ride. Um, you know, it's fully paid for. Well, you know, I mean, everybody's got to, everybody's got to, you know, teeth and, and learn and grow to get that ride. Um, I think you're well on the way. You know, I remember when Cameron brought you over to the shop over in Santee and you were driving the trophy carts in the parking lot, him and I were standing there watching going, this kid's going to be something, you know, and, uh, to, to sit here and talk to you and you're driving Xfinity. Um, it, it kind of makes me feel good that knowing that you had talent back then and you're using your talents and, and making something of yourself makes us old guys proud. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's been uh, it's been a fun ride. Well, dude, it's still going. So don't 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 get out of the car and and, and park it now because uh, we want to see that uh, cup title. Yeah, yeah, we're working on it. Hopefully, a few more years. Is there in the history books? Okay, because I'm not a a follower of it. How many guys have went through the steps where they won a truck title? won an, an Xfinity title and then won a cup title. So no one's won. No one's won all four. Um, so the ARCA title, the, 
the truck title and the Xfinity. And yeah, the- um, Xfinity and Cup have been won, um, but no one's won. No one's won all four yet. Some people have won truck and and uh, Cup, um, but yeah, I think yeah, that's the goal. Hopefully, win all four. Now you win all four, you'll break the history books. At least get a name and a page. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. There's no NASCAR races here in San Diego. No, no, but Fontana last weekend's the closest we come. Oh, you're gonna have to freaking, you know, because I've never been to a NASCAR race. Never, never. It's uh, it's cool. It's different. Loud. Well, loud's relative, you know. I mean, you know what I do for a living. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you're tuning an ATV and you're six inches away from the exhaust pipe, it's pretty loud. <laughs> you know. No, it's just yeah, it's different. It's uh, it's a cool atmosphere though. I bet it is. I bet it is. And and being a race fan, you know, I've always been a fan of racing. It it really doesn't matter. We could race turtles in the driveway. I'm still excited because racing's racing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's cool, especially lately. Like, COVID's kind of gone away. I feel like, or the restrictions aren't there as much anymore. Um, so we have like all the fans back, which makes it uh, a lot of fun again. Can you hear the fans? Yeah, but you just catch the, like a a good vibe from them, right? Like there was races we were going to in 2020 that like. Nobody, literally nobody was there. Uh, and then last year there was like people, uh, and now it's like packed again. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. That's, that would be kind of eerie driving in a stadium with no people. Yeah. Like it was crazy. We were doing like, I remember doing opening ceremonies and like looking in the stands and like nobody. <laughs> you were doing opening ceremonies for the TV people, not for the spectators. Yeah, like didn't even have like a an opening, like an intro, nothing. Um, so it's fun having that stuff back, you know. That's so cool. That's so cool. I got one more question for you, and then I'll let you get get back to your to your wife. Um, and it's about how does she take the racing, and you know, is there excitement for it or nerves? You know, I mean, do you guys talk about it? Yeah, honestly, she's way better at supporting me than than I probably am in return. Um, her, I mean, she grew up in it. Her her dad is Phil Parsons. Um, wow. Her uncle is is Benny Parsons. Um, so I mean, she she grew up in it, but like really had no interest in it. Right? Like she went off and and cheered and. Uh, she actually cheered at, uh, I don't even know, UNC uh, Chapel Hill. Okay. Um, so she's a Tar Heel and, and she's all proud of that and, and loves it. So, um, yeah, her, her brother races Xfinity full-time now too. So we race against each other. And, um, yeah, she comes to pretty much every race. Um, she's not in the room anymore, but, uh, yeah, she does to pretty much all of them. 80% of them, I'd say. And 
and that's a really good job of, of supporting her, her brother and I, um, which she's like full time and, uh, she's in, I don't even know what you call it. What do you call it after you graduate college? Um, um school. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. What school are you in, babe? What do you call it? Grad school? Yeah. She's in grad school. Wow. So that's that's a full time gig for her and pretty much all day every day, right? Yeah. Pretty much. You married into racing royalty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive, man. You you probably couldn't have thrown that dart even if you tried, you know. Yeah, man, got lucky. Wow, you are. That's pretty impressive, man. That's pretty impressive because those are when you when when you meet people like that, it, it's an awe experience because you hear stories, you've heard their names, you've you've seen their uh, their race wins and the things that they've done. Um, throughout the years, I mean, because I've heard of those people long before you were born. Yeah, I think um, Benny was a cup champion in what, 80, 80 or 90s. Yeah, cup he, champion and multiple time cup winner. Yeah, I've been, I've heard his name since I was a little kid. So, um, and I'm 55. So he's been around a while. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Well, brother, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, and talking about it. I hope that we can keep this going and and get you back on when you win the title this year and then get you when you roll into a cup car. All right. Thank you, Leonard. You know, I'm putting a lot of pressure on you to win, you know. Yeah. Well, give me a few weeks here and I think we'll we'll start racking some up. All right, brother. Uh, at any given point, you have something that you want to talk about or you want to get out there. You just, you, you know how to get a hold of me and we'll, we'll get you back on and, and talk all about it, you know, and, and congratulations on the baby and the marriage. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome, brother. So proud of you. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.